I'm Alex Rybczynski. I'm Angie Czech. I'm Barbara Stewart. I'm Ben Joseph Stewart. I'm Bliss Young. I'm Marin Green. I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm Sarah Gustafson. I'm Valerie Jacobson. And this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Welcome back to the Holistic OBGYN, everybody. I'm Nathan Riley, Dr. Riley. I am uh, <coughs> the host of the show. Before we continue with my conversation with Kirsty Pratt, who's a Czech pr- practitioner, she is uh, very invested in the conversation around femininity and reclaiming pussy, inspiring women in her practice to reclaim their health by reclaiming their sexuality and their their, their goddess prowess. <laughs> there, there's your teaser, right, for this conversation. Uh, remember that everything t- discussed in this show is not medical advice. This is educational. It's entertainment. And you should still go to your doctors. You should still do all that stuff. But take uh, Kirstie's words, take my words as um, a caveat, you know, as, as just additional information for you to be able to make informed decisions. I'm not going to bore you much further here. I, uh, I love Kirsty. I think that um, she is a, a huge source of, of information. But like you can get information anywhere. What Kirsty does is she synthesizes it into a coaching program whereby women are going to be able to heal from the common gynecologic issues using diet, movement, hydration, breath, sleep, mindset. All of the Czech practitioners uh, hold these six principles near and dear. And they're free. Right, you could pick up a, a copy of Paul Check's How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, and he'll elaborate everything in that book. But really, what it comes down to is you reclaiming your health, guiding your body to health, helping it to rebalance in a state of homeostasis as opposed to a state of disease. Um, and we're talking physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, etc. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with my lovely friend Kirsty Pratt. Hey, Kirsty, welcome back. We're going to try this again. The first time we were tried recording, there was some internet connectivity issues. I'm not going to take blame for it. I'm going to blame you. I will because take 100% I of that. 100% of that. It's my show. <laughs> I, I'm Everything is perfect here in the holistic OBGYN mm. world. Mm. Well, when I'm pushing 25 and you're at like 200, I think, I think that's <laughs> fair. I think it's fair. Right. She is not referring to age. I am not 200. Although that would be impressive if I was because I look... I do not look 200 years old. Uh, we're talking about internet speed. And Kirsty, you live in a van down by the river. <laughs> mm, yeah, actually pretty close. Pretty yeah, close. <laughs> right. If there was a river in Escondido area, you would be living by it. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, technically, what's funny about this is I actually live right by like a natural preserve, which is one of three rivers in California that is untouched by ma- man that I literally no walk way. to. Uh-huh. So in a way... I kind of do live in a van down by the river, just an upgraded van. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've got RV life going on. When, when my wife and I were, uh, we had a six month old, we were going to go to Burning Man in an RV that we bought the April of pandemic year. And that was before RV r- prices went through the roof. And we got this used RV, we decked it out and we traveled, traveled the country for four weeks. And mm. it was the most amazing connecting four weeks of our life, just like minimalist, you're in an RV, you're doing your thing. But the one downside is you don't have reliable internet, which is good mm. for some things, but for podcasting, it certainly is not. Fortunately, you're at the Czech compound. Yeah. And 
You're, you've got Paul's collection behind you. So, so mm-hmm. Kirsty, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I love being back. I'm glad we we were able to make it to make it work. Um, I'm sorry for the recording issues the first time, but we're back here. We're going to do the three things that you want the world to know about caring for women, but we're going to go off script a little bit here because you and I both have so much stuff in our life. You had congratulated me on our new baby. Thank mm. you for that. I never said thank it's you. Exciting. Yeah, it's taking away from my sleep and Stephanie's sleep, as one expects. But uh-huh. we're doing our doing our best here. Mm-hmm. So, how are you? Tell me, tell me how you're doing. Ooh. What's life like in LA or uh, California right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit south, a little bit more in San Diego, LA. I mean, that's a kind of a shit show right now. But you know, overall, really good. I think I think one thing that's neat, you know, I say that and I'm not like, whoa, really good, but it is, it is really good. But life definitely always has its, its moments and it's, it's, uh, growth moments and challenging mm-hmm. moments. And what's, what's interesting is these last couple weeks, they have definitely been that I wake up with a schedule and the universe within like 30 minutes just trashes my whole day and is like, no, we're going this way. And I'm like, going okay, in this direction. Okay. Yeah. We're going that way. So I would say it's going amazing. And the lessons that I've been calling in, surrender and trust and compassion, Mm. getting loads of opportunities to experience them and surrender deeper and trust deeper and play with the divine and the unknown and all that on a whole nother level. And so good doesn't just summarize it. I would say growth and a lot of love, especially with where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And especially with the people um, that I've been meeting like yourself is being surrounded by tribe. And um, as I go through these lovely growing moments, as I go like this, I should go like this. Growing <laughs> moments. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then nannying, nannying. So you, uh, learning a lot there too. Learning a lot there too. And then juggling that with the coaching. So it's beautiful. Yeah, you're balancing Mana and Zoe. Zoe is the baby girl of Angie and Paul Check. I um, happened to be on call when they needed a doctor, and that's how I actually got tied into the family. So this is sort of like divine intervention, and I'm having all these <laughs> amazing health coaches come into my life because of the Check Institute, who is pumping out routinely the most truly holistic health coaches that I've ever met. I mean, mm-hmm. I am blown away when I meet people like you because what's what's so special about everything you just said is that you are actually, you started off as an athlete yourself. And I, kn- I know that we've gone into this, but you know, background in soccer and probably every other sport out on the playground, all the way up through all the grade school. And then you actually kind of applied all of your 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 skill sets to Ninja Warrior. Can you, we didn't actually, we haven't actually talked about that, but yeah. I know that it ran you into the ground. So yes. <laughs> tell me, I mean, what was training like as a Ninja Warrior? I, I always wonder that. Yeah, you know what's so interesting about this? Before I share with you mine, I will let you know that none of when I was practicing and when I was competing in Ninja Warrior, I was not living at all. Mm. The Czech principles. And so there's this little part of me that was like, wow, how much longer could my career have gone? How much longer, you know, would I have enjoyed it and X, Y, and Z? But the way that I trained as a ninja warrior, you know, sometimes I would take, you know, those big rubber plates that are yeah. like 10 pounds, 25 pounds. I would flip those and I would like walk on a barrel at the same time. I would pinch grip them and kind of walk on a slack line doing Jeez, oh, just man. 
really ninja training, what it did, there was two things I really loved. One, it pushed me outside my comfort zone because when I actually first started, I couldn't do a pull-up. I was pretty athletic my entire life, like you said, but I couldn't do a pull-up. And so for me, there was a lot of fear that I needed to get over when you're in the air, 20 feet in the air, throwing your body, just going, I hope I land. I hope I land on my feet <laughs> I or I can I grab land. onto that next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So, so there was a lot of that. And then, and then with that, that fear is, is just the ability to need to show up over and over. Like when Ninja Warrior, when I first started getting into it, it was, it was like an everyday person could get into it. But when I started to get into it, if you didn't train, if you didn't get practice on obstacles, if you had no idea how to run up a 14 and a half foot warped wall, which realistically, who does when you don't practice? Mm -hmm. It changed the game entirely because I had to show up. And so it became my life. I ate, slept and shit ninja. I taught ninja to kids. I taught ninja to adults. And what happened is I burnt out. I burnt out. I got nerve pain down my left arm where I couldn't really participate and do anything. I pulled muscles. I wasn't sleeping. I had GI issues. And again, I knew the check stuff at this point, but I wasn't implementing it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And to say that doing all that, I still became for about a year and a half, the top female in the sport. And so it just blows my mind of how shitty my food was, how crappy my sleep was. Where was my movement? I was way overdoing it, not doing Tai Chi, not doing mm -hmm. work-ins, mm -hmm. you know, any of that. Where were my relationships? Where was my life? And so it's neat to see the fun that I had in it, but also how unaligned I was and just saw where my life spiraled yeah. because of that. But I could go on a long time with Nincho about what that taught me yeah, <laughs> in yeah, life. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. what that taught me. Well, sometimes you need that. I mean, some of my favorite, uh, some of my greatest mentors, um, and, and I don't mean mentor in the way that, you know, it's like, you know, where you go knocking on their door and you're like, I'm having a life problem. It's like the people that I've derived the most inspiration and, and maybe some insight from are people who used to be high level performing athletes and people mm. that come to mind. I mean, I think Paul Check's a great example. And most of the people that are attracted to the Czech Institute see that there is this guy who is a force of nature who's lifting stones that weigh twice my body weight above his waist to stack them on other stones that are balanced precariously. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, so, so you come into this health coaching space, not from a, Hey, let's just take pictures of smoothies on Instagram. Not that there's a problem with that, but it's like, like if you're skinny and you're thin and you look good in yoga pants, now everybody's a health coach, but you actually mm -hmm. came at it from an athlete who broke down because you weren't practicing holistic health. Mm. And only now do you appreciate in retrospect, holy shit, I could have actually been even better and I wouldn't have blown my, 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 my left rear tire had I just been implementing some of these basic practices. So that's why you're here on the show. You know, I, mm. I, my background is Ironman distance triathlon and rock climbing. And in my training for Ironman, I was, I was exercising 16 hours a day. I was lifting heavy. I was an Olympic lifting coach for a while. I had abs boulder shoulders, back muscles galore. It, I'm a smaller guy. I mean, I'm not super, super big, but 155 pounds, I could climb like nobody's business. So it just naturally lent itself into a new sport that I became overly obsessed with until residency. <laughs> that's a good when way to put I, it. Yeah, right. I mean, like that's what you do if you're an athlete. Like mm -hmm. go out and fucking get it. No pain, no gain. Like all that stuff mm -hmm. that circulates on Instagram. But if you're not balancing that out, 
what happens? You end up with neuropathies. You end up with debilitating musculoskeletal pain. You Mm -hmm. end up with herniated discs. For me, I ended up in a severe adrenal fatigue and I didn't even realize what it was until I started reading and studying for myself. Like, Mm -hmm. what is this lab work showing? It was like suppressed uh, hemoglobin hematocrit. It was suppressed white blood cells. It was, uh, other than that, it was like kind of high blood pressure. I was kind of tightly wound and I looked good, but in residency, I wasn't sleeping. I was eating hospital food. I was drinking their shitty water. I wasn't breathing fully and deeply. And it's all of that stuff. And I had this mindset alone that more is better. Mm, And mm -hmm. so when we become these wounded warriors, we can actually take that. We can then apply these principles in order to make ourselves better. And more importantly, like you said, working in, it doesn't matter if you can climb a 14-foot warp wall. I'm sure you probably could. But the, 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 the reality is like, hey, maybe I can climb a 12-foot warp wall. I can run up a 12-foot warp wall. And I'm now also balanced in, in these other, in these other mm-hmm. aspects of my life, including relationships and sleep and blah, blah, blah. So, so what I love about Czech practitioners is most of them come to the table with a story of some very tremendous healing that had to be done for themselves. And um, that's why you're here. And, and I, I, what I really want to talk to you about, Christy, is, is it's going to come through as a coach. I know that you're a coach to clients privately, but also in your own work, you use a lot of language to talk about the importance of being in touch with your own sexuality and mm. your own mm-hmm. connection to the cosmos. So, so let's get right into that if, you, if you're cool with that. Do you want to lead us in a big deep breath? Mm, yes. Fuck let's yes do it. All of that. Let's all right. do it. All right. So if you are listening and not driving, I said that one last time too. We really want to make sure <laughs> no one's making accidents. But if you are listening and you can take a moment just to place your feet on the ground, place your hands on your thighs, just relax your shoulder blades down and back, close your eyes just for a second. And when you breathe in, I want you to try and breathe in like your first two thirds through that belly and really extend it. And then the last one third through that chest. So we're just going to take it in. And then a big, ah, yeah, get in that body. No better way, especially if we're going to be talking about sexuality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One of my favorite topics. Well, the society we live in does not reward people for being in touch with their sexual nature. Mm. Real briefly, I know we were talking about this right before we started recording. You are in a polyamorous relationship with a man and a woman. Can you share what that journey has been like? Because I'm sure that there's been some tribulations there. <laughs> yes, there has been. You know, it's interesting. And and it's interesting you use the word polyamory because that term in itself is something that is very like, I try not to label myself that because I feel yeah. like what society sees as polyamory is not polyamory. And so what I like to, the term and the label that I like to put on it is, uh, uh, that we all put on it is thruple, three people in a couple. Thruple. A thruple. A thruple. Yeah. So, you know, that has definitely been a trial and error. And the reason why I love that you said also that you love that you said polyamory is actually wind it all the way back to my Ninja Warrior days. And I actually, we we were in a monogamous relationship, me and my partner at the time, we were in a monogamous relationship. And because I was burnt out and because I was in adrenal fatigue and because I was looking for outside validation in that sport and wanting people to love me, and I got there and then they didn't, I went mm. chasing for it elsewhere. And so I actually stepped out of 
my marriage at that time, also denying that I liked women, also denying that I wanted multiple partners, just completely shitting on my entire life. And so what happened is once the affair happens and then I cut it off with the mistress, which happened to be a, uh, a narcissistic sociopath. I learned that wow. working with Sarah Gustafin. Learned that <laughs> years later. That's so, quite a bit. <laughs> oh my God. It was, it was a lot. And so what ended up happening is me and that partner actually ended up splitting for a short while. The, the partner that I ended up cheating on and ended up splitting for a while and realized we actually needed to fill our own buckets first because what we were doing is we were in a codependent relationship looking for the other person to make us happy, you know, looking for that white fence, uh, you know, with the house and the dogs and, and looking for outside validation when we needed it from within. And what ended up happening is when we came back together, I told my partner and I just said, Hey, look, I know that you want monogamy and this is what I want. I want to be able to explore and I want to be able to do this. And and that's sad for me if you're not the person here to do it with. But I also can't deny this aspect of myself that clearly is coming up for me and is clearly causing physical, you know, elements or, you know, misalignments. And he ended up saying, you know what, I'd rather work through my jealousy than live a life without you. And so that's when the journey began. And you know, we tried all sorts of different terms. We tried polyamory. We tried a consensual non-monogamous. We tried an open marriage. And just like the terminologies, but really what it ended up being is is literally me going out and dating. And he was more than welcome to go out and date as he wanted. Um, and there was a few dates that he went on and he's, he's dabbled into it, but he for the most part is pretty content with uh, just kind of chilling, which <laughs> I'm cool with that, whatever. Um, chilling with me. But what ended up happening is, you know, you date some interesting people over the years. And when you date people, it's a great, beautiful reflection at yourself. Every single person that I have dated, which I've only dated women, which are wonderful and gorgeous and beautiful, and a lot of fucking amazing lessons of where I still held codependency, where I was insecure, how can I show up as a better love or lover, you know, and it's it's interesting when I'm dating a woman, how I can show up with her. And then it's almost what I love about it is when I'm with my other partner, which is Michael, when I'm with Michael, what's beautiful about that is I get to see and I get to surrender into my feminine more and let him step into my masculine and what I really love with my female partner that I'm personally with right now is I get to step into my masculine and I get to play that role that I like and, and enjoy. And so, um, it, it, it's been a learning experience. We, we went through jealousy, we went through insecurities and there's still things that pop up. And recently I've been dating a woman. Um, we've been talking for about five months and almost, well, talking for about six months and then dating for a little bit over four months and stuff like that. And she's been phenomenal. And this is the first time really that we're in a three person relationship where all of us really love hanging out together. And so there's moments when it's just me and Michael, and then there's moments when it's just me and Alyssa. And then there's moments when it's all three of us hanging out and just kind of like doing our jam and, and it's fun and it's enjoyable and there's still learning lessons. There's still room to grow of like how much pleasure am I going to allow myself to have 
And how yeah. much am I going to allow myself to surrender into this? And so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the edges you hit and, and pausing in the relationship when anyone has an edge they hit and then surrounding them with love. And so that journey has been a very huge lesson for myself and a lesson of letting go of control. Because for me, if I'm going to ask something of my partners, I need to be okay if my partners want to go do the same thing. That's not okay for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go sleep with some people or date some people and X, Y, and Z, and you get to stay here and you get to wait for me. Hmm. No, no, that's not fair. If you desire it, that's something that you should experience. That's why we're here to live, to feel. And some people really like multiple partners. Some people don't. And that's totally okay. But for the biggest thing is it's been a lot of self lessons yeah, on where yeah. to grow and where I can have more compassion. And, mm. and also the beauty of it, which is something that I love to teach people, is there's only one you. Like there's literally only one you. There's only one Nathan. There's only one Kirstie. There's only one Michael. There's only one Alyssa. And so like it doesn't matter who someone goes out and dates with. They're, that's amazing and they're probably going to find an amazing person. But it's not going to be Kirsty, or it's not going to be Nathan, or it's not going to be Alyssa, or it's not going to be Michael. And so that's right. one thing that I really love about it is it brings the uniqueness of the individuals out. Yeah, yeah. And this whole personalized thing is, uh, I mean, the, the personalized attention that we all require is it's easier said than done. You know, especially, I mean, we're going to get into, you know, topic, the topic on how to care for women. And even that is going to come through the lens of your experience as a woman who also loves a woman mm-hmm. and who's also a daughter and potentially will someday be a mother. I mean, mm-hmm. there are so many elements to sort of what we need as people, you know, mm-hmm. as partners, et cetera, in, in order to be whole and to be seen and to be witnessed for the trials and tribulations that is being a conscious human being. I mean, that's just what this is. There is no end of the tunnel. Even my wife the other day, I was like, I really think that my workload is going to start clearing up. And she's like, it's not (laughs) like, when is your work, when is your plate ever been half full? And it's like, Oh, I got that half of the, you know, that, that the, the plates half full. Now I can fill it up with other things. It's just the way it goes. So the answers that we all have for how to care for people, to care for one another, it has to be a constantly evolving conversation mm, where yeah. right now, Kirsty might need this thing from me as her friend. And maybe next year you're going to need something totally different or something totally different from your partners or whatever else. And that's the beauty, the excitement, but also the the reason why I think relationships sometimes struggle, especially when we're talking about health issues and birth and you know, I mean, talk about transformational, you know, giving birth to a baby and then you and your partner are in a totally different place now after the birth than you were when you started. So, mm. so let's, um, so let's get into that a little bit, Kirsty. You know, you, you, you've reflected on these things as a coach, as a athlete, as a, as a woman, as a lover, what are three things? I mean, let's start with your first point and then we'll take a little smoke break and then we'll come back. Mm, absolutely. Well, one thing, one thing I wanted to say on top of what you were sharing Please. real quick is the, the, the line that stands out to me, which is something that I really try is honest, conscious communication, because we can Mm. have honest communication about what we need, but it doesn't mean we're conscious, but honest, conscious communication of, of our abilities to express to our partners, what we need, our abilities to express to our friends, what we need in a conscious, loving way. And so, yeah, I loved what you said. So I just wanted to 
ping that one on top with it. Ping. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So three things for me in, in my world. And, and the big thing, as you know, Nathan, the big thing with me is going through my transition with Ninja Warrior, living a life where I, I had some of the knowledge. I wasn't as far into the Czech Institute as I am now. But having some of the, the knowledge and not applying it, all of these things that I'm sharing with you are things that I have applied and still heavily, continually apply within my world because they have worked and they do work. And you can try it by trying it out and telling me otherwise. However, I've seen them all work numerous, numerous times when people show up to the work. So, so the biggest one, the biggest one, well, I shouldn't say the biggest one because they're all big. I would say the first one that I'll put at the top of the list is balancing the masculine and feminine and balancing the masculine feminine in the six foundational principles that the Czech Institute talks about the movement, hydration, sleep, nutrition, mindset, breath. Now, most women, and this was me back in my Ninja Warrior day, like Paul says, most women are walking around trying to be men with breasts. We're not. We are built different. We mm-hmm. we need to understand that there's a difference between the masculine and the feminine. And if you're someone who's listening to this, I'm not. And you're like, what do you mean by masculine and feminine? I'm not saying like male and female. I'm saying the energies. Yes. The masculine is the doer. It's the person that goes out and and is physically creating. It's the sun. It's the burning. It's the outward expression when the feminine is is the rest and it's the inward and it's the nurturing and the feminine is also the destruction and the thing of why understanding the masculine and the feminine and the balance is so important is because when we are out of balance we are out of alignment with ourselves and when we're out of alignment with ourselves we call an illness and dis-ease into our world and so the more that we can balance ourselves in these six foundational principles. And the more that we can balance in the masculine and feminine, and I'm going to be really honest, most women need more feminine. Most of the world needs more feminine, oh, to yeah. be really oh, yeah. honest. Oh, yeah. What's been deemed in our society, and this was a big thing for me, is the feminine is is almost portrayed as being weak when most people are tired and, and they need a rest, especially women, especially women with kids, because usually they, you know, they're working and then they come home and they be mother and, and, you know, then they're taking care of the household. And I think that that stereotype is breaking with men like yourself who are like realizing, oh, we've been doing things backwards in society, but most women are going, 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 going. And then when they take a break, they have this voice in their head and they're like, well, I'm fucking lazy. I'm not doing enough. Mm. How dare I? When that's not true, that's not true. Your body can only run so much. If the sun continually shines, it's going to burn up, which is exactly what most women are doing, which is exactly why they're in adrenal fatigue, which is exactly where I was. And when you're in adrenal fatigue, your body starts to break down. And those six foundational principles that I teach that I've learned through the the Czech Institute is most people have no idea where they're even at. Most people don't know how much movement's good for them mm, or how much mm. water they need or how much sleep they need. There's people that are like, oh, well, I can do five hours of sleep. And it's like, yeah, you may be able to do five hours of sleep, but are you really at your optimal health? Because when we're in balance and we're at our optimal health, that's when we're in our power mm. and that's when we're able to align and make more choices that are in alignment with who we really are 
And when we do that, we create the life we desire. But most people, they're burnt, they're shot, they're living a life that they don't desire. And then they under and then they wonder why they're either overweight, unhappy, have cancer, hate themselves, X, Y, and Z. And so a simple, simple truth is literally getting back to the basics and looking at authentically that honest, conscious communication with yourself. Where are you in balance and where are you out of balance? And what small choices, it doesn't have to be a radical different change, right, but what right. small choices can you make to not burn yourself out and bring yourself in alignment and create more of a life that you authentically want to be a part of instead of numb out? Yeah. <laughs> I got a little passionate about that one. I'm sorry. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's a yeah. Heavy one. Yeah. And so, and so I ran into that with my ninja warrior. And so personally, from my experience, th- the thing is, is you got two options. You can take it into your own hands before you have a crisis or you can have a crisis and then it's in your hands. For me, I waited till I had a crisis and that was a lot of shit to clean up. And so for now, when people come on my doorstep, most of them are in a crisis. However, I like to teach people to not wait for a crisis and take the action and take the steps and start taking control of your life and bringing that balance in. There was an article that came up, it was sometime last year, maybe even the year before. It was, I'll have to find it so we can link it in the show notes. But basically Mm. she was saying that in order to get roles in Hollywood as a strong female protagonist, you basically just have to be the rock, but in female form, like the rock with boobs, like you said. And the stronger you are and the more masculine you are, the more value you, value, valuable you are in Hollywood. And she pushed back and she's like, well, what happened to just honoring the powers that lie in the feminine? Like, why isn't that a trope within Hollywood? Mm. What, why, why can't a woman be valued for just being a woman? And, and I even, even in what I just said there, in just being a woman, I'm saying that tongue in cheek. Because the way that we treat the feminine as it's like an afterthought, you know, like as long as you're out there stacking rocks, mm-hmm. you know, building shit out there, conquering the world, no pain, no gain, all that other bullshit that circulates on Instagram. If you're not doing that, you're not considered valuable. It's this whole productivity lens that we see the world. Well, there is no productivity to come from 20 minutes of Tai Chi every day, except for the internal work that you're doing. But because the world can't see that as a, a sort of like an exchangeable dollar amount that you're producing for mm-hmm. the world, it's just not it's just not valuable. The same goes for elderly, really. Like the elderly get old and when they can't be in the workforce, we pop, we push them away into these old, mm-hmm. old people homes and let them and wait till they die. Right. And they they spend their entire life savings alone, meeting strangers, playing mm-hmm. bingo. And like Elvis impersonators come in once in a while. I mean, I, I was a hospice doctor for a while and that's like literally it was like, oh my God, please do not ever let me end up in this shithole. And like, they're they're happy. They're reasonably healthy, ha- happy. They have their first level of hi- Maslow's hierarchy met. But is that really all? Are they being honored for for the for the knowledge they have as elders? In the same mm-hmm. way, the intuition that women carry. Why aren't we honoring that? Why is that not relevant? Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that there has to be men like me, like you said. Like it's great that there are men like me speaking out to this because I have sat with so much birth and I get to see the the raw power of the roaring tiger within every woman. Why does it, why does our society demand that men now have to become woke in order to speak up on behalf of women? Again, it's like, we need the men to save us. Like something 
very energetically important needs to shame needs to change within our paradigm in order to embrace the slow the patient the reflection the moon versus the sun like we you know the moon couldn't shine without the sun but the sun would also be having to do double time right it'd have to be lighting up the skies day and night if the new moon wasn't there to provide a little glimmer and and, and there's something really important to that there there's something like deeply profoundly sad about the fact that that we, we we just can't honor women for being women, you know. Bees even have have this figured out. The worker bees circulating around the the queen bee, <laughs> the queen bees producing your fucking progeny mm-hmm. to keep the hive alive. You guys go out and do the shit. I'm going to hold space here and make sure that we don't fall apart. And how many women are doing that in households? Yet we're not mm-hmm. even identifying that as as a valuable contribution. They are quote just a housewife. Well, mm-hmm. nonsense, baloney. It's malarkey. We got to get over that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, like, ever since stepping into a nanny role, too, it's opened my eyes to a whole new respect and a whole new level mm, of it, too. Mm-hmm. And and what you said was 100% beautiful, and I 100% agree with it. Of There is definitely, you know, a need for all those beautiful feminine aspects. God, yeah. That I mean, you what said. would we do without women? If women ruled the world, not through the lens of masculinity, if women ruled the world, mm-hmm. we would be loving and caring and compassionately co-creating together. But of course, it's all about siloing off your resources, doing more than the other guy, dog eat dog world. That's not how nature mm-hmm. works, but we humans are going to be separate. We're going to mm-hmm. we're just going to show how valuable we are by uh by seeing who can stack the most bricks. So Yeah, and I would even say like again back to the conscious woman because we know that there's some women in higher positions right now that are making shit decisions for our world. <laughs> Oh no, Shit totally. Totally, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, again, yeah. it's not male female, it's feminine mm, masculine. Feminine. Yeah, it could be, you know, y- if if you were to take the bull by the horns and act like, I don't know, Donald Trump or something like that, I would say, "Fuck her." Like she <laughs> she you missed the point. <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's uh let's take a very quick break. Get a get a little bit about the sponsors and then we'll come back. Do you have a bag you want to go blow? Mm. I, I would have to go pop into Paul's office. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll be back in like two minutes. Okay. Quick interlude, everybody. I want to tell you a little bit about Waveblock. It's our show sponsor. They produce these incredible stickers that go on your earbuds. They go in the backs of your cell phone, and they, they block about 70% of the low-dose radiation that's coming through your earbuds, directly through your skull, into your brain. And um, this is especially relevant when we have little kids that are running around being exposed to all of this EMF all day long. Um, and then, of course, you are carrying your cell phone in your pocket probably right now. It's got these powerful modems in it, and it's, it's putting out this really, really, really intense signal. Um, and you're keeping it in your pocket right next to your gonads, right? So your ovaries or testicles, they're all being exposed. And so Ben Salem at waveblock.com has created these stickers, and he's put a lot of time into coming up with the exact right composition of materials and adhesive in order to both block the radiation from these devices better than any other product on the market without compromising the quality of the signal. So if you'd like to save 10% on any of Waveblock's technologies, go to waveblock.com. Use code BELOVED. You'll save 10% off your purchase. Support our sponsors because it supports our show. And I think that's all I have to say right now. Let's get right back into the conversation with my friend, Kirsty. All right, we're back. I had to heat up my uh, my vape. My uh, volcano was cooled off, so... 
I was going to say a, a little jealous, but I will get one. I will get one later. It's different when it's one in the office compared to one in the house. <laughs> Is Paul working right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. You don't want to yeah. disturb him. Don't wake mm-hmm. the beast when he's working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was texting Penny. I was like, what time do I need to be out again? <laughs> Yeah, Penny is running around like like a madman at all times, a mad woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so that was a great that was a great first point there, Kirsty Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could we could record for like eight hours. Let's get to your second point and um, we'll go from there. Absolutely. I think this one's a little bit more juicy and a little bit maybe more controversial, but more juicy? <clears throat> more juicy, more juicy. Can't believe that. And, you know, it's one, again, that, that's been heavily in my world is it's intentions with your words, but the deeper meaning of it is when I'm meaning intentions with your words is the way that we use terminology of our genitals. When you think of the term pussy, very rarely is it like as a compliment, like, oh my gosh, I love your pussy. Oh my gosh, your pussy is so beautiful or so gorgeous. That's why X, Y, Z. What, what it usually is, is it's you're a pussy, you are weak, you're not good enough. And why why I said it's the intentions of your words is our words hold vibrations. And when we think about our genitals, especially as women, like your pussy is like, that's creation. Like that's mother earth. That's where we come. Like we all came through vagina. Like (laughs) this is where we came from. And when you think about it, most women, myself was included, most women do not even understand the names of their genitals. And we grow up thinking that it's a a no-no word, a bad word, or we're not supposed to use the correct terminology. Or it's like, uh, it's almost treated as in a sense as a swear word. And and what that does Mm. is when, when we teach women or when we teach little girls that grow up to be women, that this part on you is deemed weak or this part on you we should not talk about or this part on you, you know, we're not even going to use the correct terminology. Think about what that does to the psyche. And especially like I know, you know, Nathan, especially with studying through the check stuff yourself, when we, when we can understand that the body can't tell a mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual stress, stress is stress. Well, what do you think that's doing to a woman's psyche thinking that their genitals are weak or their genitals are bad. And this literally, like, hopefully you're a woman listening. And if you're a man listening, like, to understand, like, pussy is so sacred and it needs to be treated as such. And it needs to be, um, have the words that are intended for all of its glory and all of its all, because that's where the power comes from. And when, when we are messed up, like getting that, I guess, uh, when we're getting like, not the double standard, but we're, when we're getting told a different message than what the reality is, you're disconnecting from yourself. And when you disconnect from the most powerful part on yourself, you're going to disconnect from those other areas. You're going to disconnect from those six foundational pr- principles. You're going to be so disconnected from your movement, your hydration, your sleep, your nutrition, mm-hmm. your mindset, your breath. You're going to be disconnected from the choices that are best for you to make in this world, because if you just listen to your pussy as a woman, she talks, <laughs> <laughs> she talks. What did she tell you, Kirsty? 
Mm, she definitely tells me when it's something that's pleasurable and it's something that's juicy. Mm. Like hands down, I will totally have a wet pussy if it's something that I like. And it doesn't even have to be sexual. It could be a goddamn good book. Yeah. It could be food. Yeah. It could be nurturing for people that I love and it doesn't have to be sexual. And I think, you know, it's always deemed and sexual. And that's what's so, so beautiful is like when you can take back that name and take back that power and understand that people, when they use it as an insult, like I just chuckle anymore. Like, okay, wow, you, that's a lot of disrespect, but okay. And when women can connect back to that part, like you start to understand what feels good in life. And it's the simple shit too. Mm -hmm. When you can do how you do one thing is how you do everything. So when you can listen to the small stuff, like, wow, when I put processed food in my body, how do I feel compared to when I put organic foods in my body? It's all connected. When I'm choosing myself and taking myself on a date, how does that feel? When I'm creating that internal validation, how does that feel? And when you start realizing that, like that of course is going to transfer to the juicier things and the better things and the play with yourself and the play with your partners. And so if we can get quiet enough and listen, and it's going to sound silly, like it was um, a book from Pussy Reclamation by Mama Gina. Have you ever read that book? Uh, I know the book. I haven't read it. Okay. D- a phenomenal book. If you're a woman, I highly suggest reading it. We'll have Akib. And- Akib, please reference that in the show notes for us. He's my you. assistant. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. It's a phenomenal book and it was a life-changing book for me. And a few things that, that, we're big on it is two things that I want to point out on this podcast. Cause I think they're huge. One, if you can literally just pause in the morning and just put your hands down on your pussy, it doesn't even have to be sexual and just say like, I see you and I hear you and I'm going to connect with you today. You're connecting to your power right then and there. You're connecting mm. to something that is an instant feedback mechanism. Like your body is always a feedback mechanism. So can you pause and listen? And then mm. two, Two, how this is is kind of into the terminology away is and kind of into how society perceives it is a thing in that book that changed my my life is is how we almost shame women that they need to shave all of their pussy. Like, mm-hmm. no, hell no. Like that's what makes you a woman. That's what makes you powerful. Like we shouldn't have to shame what is glorious and beautiful and sacred. Mm-hmm. we need to learn a new way on how to love it and how to connect with it and how to empower it. Because when you can empower yourself through your pussy and through your genitals and all, you know, the cervix and understanding all of the vulva and, you know, all the terminology down there, when you can connect with that, you can connect with your power. And, um, it's, it's just, it's very interesting when I, I'm sure people are probably cringing at how much I'm saying pussy on this pussy, podcast. Pussy, 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 pussy. <laughs> and, and so, so really for me, it's, it's watching your intentions with your words, watching other people's intentions with their words. And I will call people and I do the same thing for dick and cock and asshole. Like I try to, I try to not shame any of those, but when you can really take back the feminine and the female and, and the pussy in your genital and you can connect with it and you can love her and you can listen, fuck. Mm. Oh my God. Mm. My life radically changed. My life radically changed. And I started to learn about myself on another level, learn about my juices, learn about my wetness, learn about my cycles. And you know, this is 
something that you know all the time, the difference in your consistency, like it, it speaks to you as weird as it sounds, but it speaks to you. So can we listen? Can we get in our feminine and listen? I think a greater use of our time in middle school, in health class, even in high school. I mean, you could start it off in elementary school if you want, but especially like in those formative years when you're hitting, you know, your adolescence and you have your first periods and your cycle starting to pick up and whether it's conscious or not, I don't think it's conscious anymore. I think people are pretty unconscious about, about female anatomy. Mm. It's, it's your no, no place or it's your danger Mm -hmm. zone or it's your privates or whatever else. I even kept keep, I even say it occasionally with my daughter and I have to like catch myself because she and I will take showers together. She's only like 21 months and she loves the running water and playing with her little toys. And, and I'll say, okay, parate, which is Spanish, like stand up, stand up. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell her, I have to wash your, your butt. I have to wash your butt and, and your vulva, you know, and I'll like talk to her about that. And she, you know, she like is, is like okay with it now, but initially it was like, ah, I don't want somebody's hands down there, you know, but I even will catch myself saying privates. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's nothing private about this. This is actually, mm-hmm. you know, I, I even have it in my, um, in my mission statement here. And this is related to birth, but I wanted to mm-hmm. read the first line of my mission statement. Actually, I'll read, the, I'll read the first two lines. At Beloved Holistics, we envision a world in which birthing people are worshipped as the sacred, sacred convergence point of the physical, etheric, astral, and other subtle bodies. We envision conception, birth, and death as the natural consequence of love, the creative force of the universe, which is a direct experience with the divine. And the portal, and that you know that that's end end scene there. The the portal through which a baby emerges, right from the womb, which is really generally reflecting the 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 uh, the oh my god the uterus. <laughs> uh, I, I promise I'm a doctor. Um, it reflects the uterus, but the uterus through the cervix, you know, the baby emerges into the vagina. The pelvis opens, and the baby comes out through this portal. I mean, it's literally the portal. It's the ankh. It's the, it's the, this is the space. This is giving birth to the cosmos, the feminine, Mm. which is, which is really, um, I think anatomically, so to speak, is really divinely kind of centered in the pelvis around the vagina, around the vulva. The vagina, by the way, everybody is the inside part. The vulva is on the outside, just so you all know. Um, that is actually giving birth. That is the creative force that drives all of us. And it's being driven by love, by source, by spirit. And for us to not teach girls from an early age that this is a, an important thing for you to be intimately aware of, mm-hmm. right? Like we're doing everybody a disservice. We're doing our society a disservice because instead what we say is, hey, it's hygienic to not bleed, to not have a smelly pussy, to not put your fingers down there. Don't play with yourself. Don't masturbate. Mm-hmm. Where, whereas what you're suggesting is quite the opposite. Like get as intimately aware <laughs> of your exactly pussy as what you I'm possibly saying. can. <laughs> because I mean that, that, and, and like you said, also, this is a directly downstream of all of the other stuff that's going on in your body. So if you're not getting wet, if you're not producing different consistencies of cervical mucus, if you're not um, bleeding regularly. I mean, all these things, like you have this gateway into literally the entire well-being of a woman. And instead mm. we say, stop the bleeding. Don't talk about your periods. Don't talk about that nonsense, that that icky, you know, gross thing that's down there. Just use it when you need to have babies and mm-hmm. then forget about the rest. Like there is an important part of our society that's lacking in our lacking uh, education programs around just 
general wellness in, in young girls. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is, is we, we make it weird as a society. We don't get weird when we say hand, we don't get weird when we say foot. So why all of a sudden, when we're talking about the most sacred part on your body, why are we getting fucking weird? That's right, like exactly right. what you said. That's the portal. That's where ev- like anyone who's listening to this, that's where you came from. So why are we yeah. weird? Why are we weird <laughs> right. about it? Right. So right, right. yeah, yeah. It's it's um, hands down. Do the exact opposite of what society has taught you. <laughs> and and, yeah. and and that's the and it links to number one too of what I was gonna say is how you were going and referencing it's it's that direct uh, correlation. Most people don't have a, most women don't have a libido and they don't have a libido because their adrenals are shot because they're out of balance because they're going, they're way too much in their masculine. So if you don't have a libido, that's even more of a reason for you to pause and show your pussy attention. (laughs) There's the, there's the, um, the, 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 I need to get like an applause track or something for like, (laughs) I would love that little, little audience on the side. Yeah, like a fake, a fake, you know, and I, and I have to like, I can, I can be like, okay, calm down, everybody, calm down. Kirstie's going to tell us something more. And I'll just, yeah, mm. they're going to think we have a live audience here. You know, even Joe Rogan doesn't have a live audience in his studio. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a live audience. I love we that. Do. I love we do. that. Yeah. And so my point number three, and what I love about all these points is you can see how one and two are already interconnected. But the way that three comes interconnected is Understanding. So when you connect to your pussy and you start watching is when you get connection to your cycles, your Mm -hmm. cycles make a world of a difference. And this is for if you are bleeding and this is for if you aren't bleeding, like we go through cycles as human beings, we have these cycles. And for myself, when, when I was, you know, completely burning out, when my adrenals were shot, when I was just running around, you know, my energy was dispersing anywhere and I wasn't living in alignment with myself. I wasn't connected to my pussy and I sure shit wasn't connected to my cycle. I had no Mm. idea when my bleed was going to be. I had no idea how long it was going to bleed. I thought cramps were normal because that's what's projected in our society that cramps are normal. But when I did number two and I paused and I listened and I started realizing what felt good and I started connecting with myself deeper then I started connecting with my cycle. And so as a woman who bleeds, I I read a lot of books around this. And then I also felt what felt yummy to me and what, what aligned with me. And so I follow my winter, which is mm-hmm. a time for me, which is, oh, I thought I turned that off and I didn't. <laughs> Zoe's potty alarm. <laughs> um my winter is like uh, a few days before my bleed and i get this like really where i just want to separate from the world i want to i want to go into my feminine i crave to go into that hibernation and then i go into my bleed which which is the deepest part of my feminine like no matter how much a man tries he's not i mean unless you kick him really really hard but that's not a, a monthly cycle bleed as, as much as you are in your, your menstrual cycle or your moon blood, like that is your deep, deep feminine. And then I go into my spring and then I go into my summer and then I go into my fall. And what I love last time is you actually shared even more in depth doctor knowledge behind it. But, but for me, my winter's my hibernation, my deep feminine. And then my spring is when that light, instead of being so inward, starts slowly coming outward. And then my summer is when I can heavily be in my masculine. I can heavily go, go, go. I can heavily pile up my schedule. 
I can heavily work on the we and the all. And then when I go back into my fall, I'm slowly coming back to me. And then when I'm in my winter, I'm fucking focusing on my eye. I am focusing heavily on my eye because when I know my cycles and when I can track my cycles, I can track my health, I can track my mindset, I can communicate with my partner. Yeah. We know, oh shit, I'm in my fall. My inner critic came out. Wow. Wow. She's brutal. Okay. Kirsty is more delicate and Kirstie's more fragile mm. right now. And and mm-hmm. it's not only changed my life and how I function, I literally put my entire schedule around this. And I respect, even though society doesn't respect women who bleed, I respect myself enough to try and take the gas off, drop mm-hmm. into my feminine, nurture the fuck out of myself no matter what society tells me or telling me that I'm getting behind or telling me that I'm not doing enough. I kindly breathe that out, nurture the fuck out of myself and allow <laughs> myself to run the cycle and have fun with it and and play with it and not be so harsh on myself and allow myself, okay, what can I do in this cycle? What can I do in this cycle? And what's beautiful is when you link that to the first thing we talked about, Every time you bleed, each month you get a new opportunity to say, who do I want to be this month? Where do I want to line up with myself this month? Where do I need to be more in balance? Where am I making decisions that aren't in alignment with me? Where I can make decisions that are in alignment with me for myself. And we get that. I get that 12 times a year. 12 times a year. And it's free. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I mean, by the way, I'm going to make t-shirts that, uh, with the slogan, nurture the fuck out of yourself. And I'm going to put your, <laughs> your Instagram handle at the bottom to give you credit, but I'm going to get rich. Thanks I would for love that. that. That's, uh, nurture the fuck out of yourself. Um, <laughs> I think that's the title of the episode. Actually, that's nurture the fuck out of yourself. I like yeah, that. That's amazing. Uh, th- there's another Czech practitioner, Greg Schmaus, I think is his name. Mm. I heard him do a recent interview. I think he was on Kyle Kingsbury's show and he was talking about the cycles of the day as well. And it's very similar to the cycles of the year, the seasons, right? Where you wake up in the morning, you're in spring, you need to like slowly gather yourself together, do all that self-care. And then summer is the top part of the day where you are in red line mode. You're getting mm. your shit done. But then if you go right into winter, skipping over over fall, autumn, then you're, you know, you're not playing, you're not actually getting resettled into your nest, you're not getting everything back in order for that hibernation period when you wake up again and have to do it all over. Especially with kids, this is hard because, again, as people like me and you, we grew up, you know, in our teens, 20s, 30s, wanting to redline it all the time and um, not allowing for the work up and the work down that, that needs to take place in the other sides of the, of the spectrum, you know, in in the spring and fall. But, but to your point, you know, the moon does this, the moon is our feminine counterpart to the sun and the moon drives our cycles. We know that Mm. at full moon, people do weird things. Stuff happens. Cryptocurrency prices fall, um, stock market shit, all kinds of stuff goes crazy. Babies are born prematurely on the full moon, like all kinds of weird stuff happens. And so nature is giving us everything it needs to know. And women happen to be more in tune with nature because of the cycles. And and it is really, really critical that we recognize that cycling is a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Just like your body can't redline, nature doesn't redline it all the time. It has to have a growing season and then a sort of fallow period, right, where we're just kind of chilling out and recovering 
from that crazy spring, summer, fall period. And your body does this every single month on a roughly 21 to 35 day cycle. And knowing that cycle <clears throat> is critical for not just your physical health, but also your emotional, spiritual health as well. So mm. God, I, I, I am so impressed that you came to these conclusions from a place where redlining is the only way to show value. Mm, yeah. You know, and it's, it's interesting because I was someone who grew up on birth control. I grew mm -hmm. up on birth. I had, I had birth control. When I think about that, I had birth control for like, let's see, almost like eight years of my life. And, and we, wow. nor we normalize that. We normalize mm. that it's okay to run over your cycles or it's normal to just not worry about why your cycles are out of whack. Again, it's kind of like the car analogy. If your alignment was out of whack, you don't just like say, okay, we'll just like throw a <laughs> bandaid on it and, and it all works now. Just drive faster. <laughs> <laughs> Just pull it the other direction more. Like, yeah. like we, we, yeah. we don't, we don't do that. And that was a, you know, that was a big thing we talked about the first time is, is birth control. And so what was neat is like, I was someone who was heavily disconnected from my body. I was someone who was heavily disconnected from my cycle. I actually shamed my cycle for a really long time. I thought it was gross. I thought it was something that was disgusting when it was natural and beautiful and powerful. And right. there's a lot of sacredness around it. And so, you know, just learning and back to that listening and not putting the bandaid on the problem. And as soon as I started mm -hmm. learning about this stuff, I went to a doctor and I was like, get my IUD out. I was like, never again. I was like, never again will I put myself on birth control just mm. because of the hormonal changes that you go through, let alone all the physical stuff you can go through. And just, I don't have a true connection with my body. I don't have a true connection with my body. Yeah. Yeah. I think a good starting point for people for this conversation, right? When they've grown up <clears throat> in a space where, hey, you're having those inconvenient bleeds. The doctor tells you, you know, you don't need to have that inconvenient, horrible thing. Let's just squelch your ovaries altogether. And then when you're ready to get pregnant, we'll take you off. Well, mm -hmm. surprise, surprise, women who are on birth control for even a year start to feel like they're losing their vitality. Like you're, you're quite literally killing a woman when you put them on birth control. And yes, there's benefits like you get a decreased risk of, of um, ovarian cancer, for example, right? Because you have less cycles, less remodeling, right? Like there, you could argue all of that. Sure. And contraception is important. Yes. But the reason women turn to birth control is because they have no idea how to actually track their cycles through fertility awareness methods. So a really, really good starting point for anybody out there who's like, what, 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 what? cycles are important? <laughs> Go to go to Amazon and buy a copy of The Fifth Vital Sign by Lisa Hendrix, Hendrix and Jack. She's a friend of mine. We worked together, mm. did some podcasting in the past together. And what she's done is she's a mom. She's a fertility awareness educator. And she wrote this book that is, it's got like 1600 references in the back. Um, and really, it just kind of talks about here's what your body normally would go through if you were having normal cycles. And if we mm. squelch the cycles, squelch the bleeding, regardless of how inconvenient, or perhaps there's actually an irregularity in how much you're bleeding. Maybe it's too much bleeding or too frequent or too infrequent that you're bleeding. That is a sign of an upstream consequence. So even on the most physical fundamental level, your cycle is also an indicator as to how well everything else is going. For example, your hypothalamus, your pituitary, your thyroid, your adrenals, your ovaries, any part on that chain could be responsible. And I would dare say that gut dysbiosis is intimately related to this. And whether or not you were a C-section baby, whether or not you were breastfed, whether or mm. not you were loaded with vaccines, like 
there is something probably going on. And if we just squelch the problem with a Band-Aid like birth control so that you don't have to, quote, you know, uh, have the, the, the sort of inconvenient bleed, then what are we also missing upstream that is potentially going to belie, you know, further consequences down the road? So I really recommend every woman out there. I mean, I'm an OBGYN, so every woman I, I meet, I'm teaching them about fertility awareness and how this toxic stuff we're putting into our bodies can mess with those cycles. And if you're not having regular cycles or in your birth control and you can't see if you're having regular cycles and you're not familiar with other signs of, um, of, of adequate cycling, even if you're on birth control, that's going to stop your bleeding like a Mirena IUD or something like that. It is, it is critical it is critical that you understand the physiology of menstruation and ovulation. And, and I unfortunately meet a lot of health coaches and including Czech practitioners who are like, I've never heard of this. And it's because we're not teaching it. Yeah. We, 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 don't, we don't think it's important. And men and women are very, very different. We, we are. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, uh, it was around 25 when I started learning about my cycle. Like that literally blows my mind that wow. I was already- A quarter of your life has passed. <laughs> yes. And then I was already bleeding. Like I started bleeding in seventh grade. And then this is when I started to just learn about it, let yeah. alone if, again, it was taught and it was normalized because it's not weird. And I'm definitely going to read that book and and just allowing it to be- truly sacred, which is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful part in our society that I, I mean, even, you know, I'm even working on it, right? As a, a man to young girls, like, how do I, how do I do this responsibly so that they're not in, you know, I don't know, daycare at the playground talking to other kids about their penises and vaginas, like, like that freaks other parents out. So it's like this conscious parenting thing, but it's also taking into stride. Yeah the sort of setup that our society has, has kind of laid out for our kids who are taught, you know, it's, it's largely our, our sort of Christian theology, right? Like it's, you know, your, your pee pee and your vagina, like we're going to call them private parts and you're not going to talk about them. And if you want to have sex someday, you should wait until marriage and you shouldn't even get to know your pussy or your, or your penis. You shouldn't mm -hmm. understand, you know, like the basics of, of the primordial drive to want to use those, these parts of our bodies. Like it's not just to feel good. It's also, it's also an important part of who we are and how we connect with the universe. I mean, it really, really is. There's this awesome Instagram um, page that you should check out. It's called Alpha Channeling. Okay. They have these erotic, erotic coloring books that are like mm. super Eastern philosophy where there's like the penis is all the way inside and it's mm. hitting a lotus flower and her head is like radiating mm. and connecting with the stars. It's like, wow. I love is, those pictures. This is like orgasm in <laughs> pictorial form. Mm -hmm. But instead we just think about busting a nut or I'm going to mm -hmm. smash a girl tonight. And it's like, bro, you are completely in a different universe. If you yeah. don't like if, if, if you're trying to connect to people with that language, you know, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. There was something on the certified health nut Troy Casey's thing. And oh, he, yeah. uh -huh. he had like a very, a uh, vivid picture. It was a woman. It was, you know, animated. And it was a woman and a guy actually was like kneeling to her and it was a rainbow that was shooting out. Oh, I saw that. It was a rainbow shooting that. out. Yeah. And then it was shooting through his, his head. And it was like, it was like porn pornography or erotic. And it was like, I was reading the comments and so many people were like, Oh, that's such a fine line. And I'm like, is it though? Is it really yeah. a fine line? Because to me, it's very clear of when you're being respectful and honoring and like understanding that power, exactly what you said, like those erotic coloring books and just like, holy shit, verse 
I'm going to go bust a nut. And there's a big difference. And it's, uh, man, there's so much, there's so much about it. And there's so much like, even as women, we're not, we're not taught how to touch our pussy. Like I, I took courses on this. Like it's so, sounds silly to say that I'm a woman and I have a pussy and I took courses on how to touch my pussy because no one, no one taught me. And it's like, and then I get to explore from it, but it's all interconnected. It's all interconnected to our mental, to our emotional, to our physical, to our health. And really what it comes down to is how in alignment we are with these three things that I said is really how in alignment we are with living the life that we desire. Because when we cut ourselves off from pleasure in any form, whether it be sexual or sensual or just, again, hanging out with friends or something like that. But when we cut ourselves off from pleasure, we cut ourselves off from living the life that we desire. And so this is where like, for me, my mission in myself is literally to always find like, if I'm cutting myself off from pleasure, why? Where is that coming from? What needs to be dug out and unlearned and then relearned? And who told me that? Where's their health X, Y, and Z? And so there's so much, so much. And yeah, it's, (laughs) I'm sitting here going, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm like saying it in my head of just how much more respectful we could be and how much more honoring we could be. And what's juicy is whether you're with a woman or you are a woman is when you start bringing in that respect and you start bringing Mm. in that juiciness. Hmm. Well, Kirsty Pratt, this has been awesome. I'm so glad that you uh, agreed to come on the show. Um, see, I'm glad we re-recorded because the universe works in mysterious ways. This was a way juicier <laughs> conversation than we had the first time. There was a lot less mouth noises the first time, I will say. So um for everybody listening, nurture the fuck out of yourselves. Kirsty, how can people find you and work mm, with you? Yes. As I, mm, yeah. <laughs> See, it was a lot of pleasure for me being on here. Um, absolutely. I would love if anyone wants to connect with me, they can connect with me on Instagram at Kirsty.pratt, and that's K I R S T I dot P R A T T. If you're interested in any of the things I offer or coaching, or you just want to say hi, like, that's a place to go. You can also check out my website, which is very simple, kirstybrat.com. I keep it super simple. And really just reach out. I have loads of stuff. I have loads of programs. I have group coaching. I have individual coaching. I just like connecting with people. That's how Nathan and I met. And um, yeah. And if you're someone on the journey looking to better yourself, like, fuck yeah, go you. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Kirsty, you're such a a gem. You and I are going to be doing a lot of work together in the next whatever, 60 years. So I really appreciate having you in my tribe. We'll record again in the future. And um, I really wish you well. Happy Thanksgiving. Mm, Thank you so much. And likewise, my friend, so much love. So much to be thankful for. Although this episode is coming out after Thanksgiving, but there's always good reason to give thanks. (laughs) Always. Thank you so, 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 so much for tuning into this episode. I'm, I was super excited to get this episode out to everybody. Kirsty is a wealth of knowledge, and she's very, very thoughtful. She comes from the world of disease uh, through her, her extensive athletic experience and having to reclaim her own health and, ha- and helping women reclaim their power and, and their, their ability to heal themselves. So um, I really, really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please seek out Kirsty. Hire her. She's going to change your world. And I, and I mean that in a very sincere way. We need more health practitioners that are out there teaching these basic principles, diet, movement, sleep, hydration, etc. 
that's how you that's how you reclaim your health right and you can use doctors you can use surgery and pills when absolutely necessary but the foundation your soil is going to most benefit from the types of practices that um that kirsty will introduce to you in her coaching program so please seek her out if you need to look at the show notes there's references and links there and time stamping etc you can go to holisticobjuanpod.com to find that. You can also make a donation to the to, to the show. We are a 501c3, so all donations are tax deductible. You can go there and search around on the website. You'll see support the show under that link. You'll find that we are giving away all kinds of free goodies to donors that have been generously contributed by supporters of the show, including Be Her Farm in Nature, Charles Eisenstein and his books, Sarah Line and The Birth Deck, Bioptimizers, Essential Oil Wizardry, serenity kids paleo friendly kids foods etc there's there's tons of stuff there so if you're looking you got money burning in your in your in your pocket help support the show it really really helps us continue to put on some high quality programming here i also have a newsletter belovedholistics.com is my practice if you need an OBGYN that's very holistically minded i'm also chained through the czech institute you can find me there you can sign up for a consultation i take care of people in pregnancy postpartum menopause and all the gynecologic issues in between I work with a lot of people like Kirsty through my collaborator program. If you're a health coach out there and you want to be able to bounce ideas off of a, an open-minded OBGYN that's out of the conventional model, you can also find um, details about the collaborator program there. I think I mentioned my newsletter. That's available on belovedholistics.com. Uh, I send out a little video every week with podcasts, articles, books, and things I'm using in my own health journey and uh, in the journey of my clients and patients, family, friends, etc. So I wouldn't lead you astray there. Lastly, if you haven't gone to waveblock.com, go there and get some EMF blocking stickers for your earbuds, for your phone, low-dose radiation. It's going to have downstream consequences. We know it. So go there and save 10% using code BELOVED. I think that's all for today. I thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time on the Holistic OBGYN Podcast.